Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. Are, are you ready? Yeah. Let's jump in. <laughs> we just need to, I think. There's no good way. We just have to jump and go for it. Yeah, it's like anything, right? Absolutely. Uh, so, Star Wars. Yay! <laughs> We've been talking about having this conversation for, like, forever. Since we started the podcast, I think. Like, yes. It was one of the early ideas. But we kept pushing it back. And, yeah, now we get to have it. We get to Yay. talk about Star Wars. And we're really excited. But <laughs> clearly we're both in weird moods, <laughs> And a little scattered. So, we'll see how this goes. We will just, Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited because I know when you get excited, you research. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm so curious to know what you've come to us with today, Laura, about yes. Star Wars. <laughs> huh, and I also personally love Star Wars, <laughs> where I remember seeing both A New Hope and Return of the Jedi and, you know, experiencing the original trilogy in all of its excitement like there's so many weird little memories like being in a living room and we're watching the swamp sequence from uh the empire strikes back i've wrote, uh-huh. written down all the titles <laughs> yeah. so that i don't like forget any it is um, hard to remember like where what happens in yes, which one <laughs> exactly and i wrote down like the episode numbers too so i can go back to nice. so episode five uh okay. hope being episode four and right. the original um but the swamp scene in episode five where luke and yoda are training and i remember that and i was probably six uh, <laughs> So that's awesome. It was for some reason like that original trilogy was really huge for me growing up. But I ended up marrying someone who it was even <laughs> a bigger deal to, like a really, really big deal. And he yeah. he would be able to quote it and come up with all the names of like random droids. So for me, it was kind of fun to be able to have conversations with someone who had more knowledge than I yeah I remember in the early stages of your guys's relationship like that being a big connecting point and, and yeah to have those things that you kind of that both meant something to you but in different ways and to get to explore those together yeah we actually had Yoda on our wedding cake and we walked I into forgot about that. yeah <laughs> we walked into the um uh-huh. some music from it and all of that it, it like it was things that we could share together and really enjoy like being yeah. being able to nerd out and i mean that in the best sense of being enthusiastic about something and yes. and being able to kind of share that enthusiasm together that's one of the brilliant things i think about this movie is the ways that it like that it just worked into culture so much and into people's lives Absolutely. and hearts and like integrated into their you know into their own stories and their own lives and in a way that's really unique, I think. And, and it takes a really unique and powerful story to be able to do that, I think. I think so too. And one that both does something very new, but yeah. also like links into something that's been 
true from a humanity perspective and yeah. probably now is as good a time as any to say it um george lucas said when he wrote it that his goal like was to link back into the mythology and say yeah. you know like mythology does this is who we are and this is what we stand for and kind of basically be like to young kids this is what we believe in you're going to be going out into the real world you need to be prepared type of thing and yeah. and that was where he started with it has such a i mean even in that opening line right a long a long time yes. ago in a galaxy far far away it links these two things this future thing and this past thing and this idea of both the future and the past being um you know that universality universality is that the right yes yeah. <laughs> um, i'm getting a little tongue-tied there but you know like that idea that there are things that are universal that stand the test of time that hold from the very long ago past and mythology but that also hold for the future and for your own future um i think that that really comes through in these stories i i definitely agree with that and even some of what he does with it i mean it's heavily heavily um influenced by the hero's journey like we yeah. could actually take it all and plot it out on um different points of it onto that you know cycle and see yeah. where where he was going with each of these stories uh, but also like there's almost like the beginning first three episodes are a tragedy almost in the like feel of a greek tragedy there's mm -hmm. There's even some references to like Oedipus Rex type of things of trying to avoid your fate and by trying to avoid it, allowing, you know, basically the steps you take, make it happen. Right. So the, how I kind of see the, the saga, because in this one, we're really talking about the first, you know, the nine, um, mm -hmm. the Skywalker saga episodes one through nine, prequels, yeah. originals, and then the new three um really the first three are, is the tragedy of anakin skywalker it's how fear of losing someone basically turns someone who knows nothing of greed into this yeah basically monster yeah. yeah i i and he is a monster without empathy without any like he can't be reasoned with when you meet him in the originals he doesn't feel like a human being and they even say he's more machine now than man mm -hmm. and i think you know we could talk about the prequels about how well they do the tragedy or not um <laughs> because i think there's some parts of it that could have been better i think sure. the dialogue could have been yeah. better they probably could have <laughs> set up the downfall a little more like Sure. In some places is extra. In some places you're like, I'm not sure why he did that. But you basically see how a boy can be transformed into someone who yeah. just, his fears control his life, bringing anger. And even the people who are in his life and supposed to be helping him, um, like the Jedi, <laughs> they are at fault as well like they sure. they interact with him as well i mean he's responsible for his choices sure. but it's interesting to see how the end of episode one um the phantom menace you have the duel with darth maul mm -hmm. so you have qui-gon and you have obi-wan and obi-wan keeps getting stopped 
-hmm. over and over and over again. And that piece of music that plays with it is actually called the Duel of the Fates. Hmm. And Qui-Gon has already kind of taken Anakin underneath his wing. Anakin has created some form of bond with Qui-Gon. You get the feeling that Qui-Gon tends to be a lot more open and a lot more, he takes in things around him. He's a lot less stuck in his head, but he's the one who dies. It's not Obi-Wan, it's Qui-Gon and it's the duel of the fates. So you get the feeling that if that had turned out differently, what would have happened? Sure. Would kind of a more, a more open Jedi, someone who's actually not necessarily by the book, who not necessarily follows every single rule, mm. would it have turned out differently? Those are great, like, those are great setups in a story to make your reader wonder and ask questions. And, and I think that really, like, Anytime you're dealing with the origin story of a villain character, yes. the more you can get your reader to ask those kinds of questions and wonder about the little turns and twists that made them turn out the way that they did, then you're succeeding, right? Like yes. you're getting the reader like to feel something for that character and to see how their life could have ended up differently. And, and I think that leads you to feel some empathy for them, even when they end up so terrible in the end you know like, it makes you it makes you feel differently towards the villain than you might if you didn't know those things absolutely and in a tragedy like yeah. that because that's really why you're in theory is what keeps you going is the the hope that they might turn from the path like mm. they have so many almost misses where it's like yeah. it could have happened differently but it didn't and i think that's how really good tragedies are written, developed. You get on the side of that character and then all of a sudden you have to experience the pain of seeing them stripped more and more and more and more of the yeah. things that you appreciated about them, about the, at the beginning, Anakin. Yeah, he's so curious, he, so open, so innocent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's so, he wants to help. In fact, yeah. there's a line where he says that he, you know, Padme is like you're a slave and he says I'm a person and my name is Anakin mm -hmm. and he has this hope of freeing the slaves in the galaxy mm -hmm. and he becomes exactly over time due to his fear of losing he ends up being exactly the thing that he hates he enslaves yeah. the galaxy he hurts many people and it's interesting to see that you know it springs out of love you know love for padme right. but if you watch it it's a really superficial love it's a very possessive love yeah. it's not equal or balanced every time i watch it like there's certain parts where i'm like you just need to sit down and like have conversations yeah. with each other and get to know each other and actually like connect and then maybe see that this is like doomed to fail like or maybe they'd be able to like work out those differences and actually talk about them rather than they have so much conflict avoidance yeah and then they also have parts where like at one point she's like he's still a padawan learner and she basically like drops him down a peg and then there's other places where he actually silences 
her mm-hmm. when um, there, she's talking about the conflict that's going on and she's yeah. basically saying this is all because there there's a failure to listen and then he's just like I don't believe that <laughs> <laughs> it's not listening <laughs> right. you're like ah! <laughs> I do think as they show that like it keeps you on his side a little bit that he's doing it you know however wrong however much a um lover who is in haste and a lover (laughs) who does you know lovers who do really kind of make a lot of bad choices a lot of impulsive choices between the two of them but you do see that it is out of that place of love however messed up and it does keep kind of on his side a little bit or just enough at least (laughs) yes just enough just enough to make you sad i mean that the end sequences i think show how far he's gone and that his and obviously spoiler alert i mean we've already come so far um but his pregnant wife is there and he's basically forced choking her and then he drops her and she falls to the ground and i think showing just how all of this power this hatred all of these things can allow him to get to that point that the person for which he was willing to sacrifice all of these things for or at least he said he was he's willing to just discard yeah so with those first three they're not my personal favorite i agree i'm not sure i know anyone who thinks they are but yeah but Tragedies are hard. Like, yeah, they're it's just true. And there's a lot of working yeah. against them in general with that storytelling. Like, people Absolutely. already know the outcome and the ending, so you yeah. can't really get people hoping for something different. You know, like, like, yeah, robbed of the tension kind of right off the bat in a lot Absolutely. of ways. Absolutely. And it's a tragedy, so you you are working again. Like, no one totally, you know, like tragedies are hard to yeah. anyway and to do well. So I think like. While they are not my favorite either, and I agree, I also sometimes yes. think that people down them a little more than they should. I think so too. Working with a hard, a difficult thing, I think. Yes. And what I would say about them is they are visually stunning and the special effects, yeah. the sound design for them is very well done. And I think recognizing that the person writing the dialogue was actually George Lucas with assistance, um, he also did the directing of it. and that he had a more collaborative team for the originals and i think there's a difference that you can tell between the two yeah but as you said tragedy is hard to get right make it interesting i think there's some beautiful things there but yeah one of the best choices he made was actually starting with the fourth episode and starting with a new hope which is basically the beginning of luke's kind of hero's journey if we want to call it that Um, and the one great thing i love they do a lot of visual um poetry back and forth where basically george lucas has said um that star wars is like poetry it rhymes if you notice the visual sensibilities there's lots of things that he uses from a symbol standpoint over and over again when baby luke is taken to his aunt and uncle on tatooine at the very end of um revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. there's a dual um sunset going on which is that iconic him looking out into the horizon 
and like okay. the call to like the hope for adventure and yet he's stuck on the, this desert planet and putting it there was a beautiful I guess yeah. call forward if you <laughs> right. want to say it if it's a prequel I don't it's know a call back but a call forward yes yeah, <laughs> of what is going to to be and that's what I love about A New Hope is it's a, a boy on a farm mm -hmm. who just wants to make a difference in the world he wants to go out and he wants to do something yeah. he doesn't want to be stuck in the desert working on the moisture farm like for the rest <laughs> of his life and there's something there's a very human connection with that i can yeah, see why so relatable. many people yeah, yeah so many people would become obsessed with that story because it really is like what a lot of us feel at certain points in our lives is I want to do something I want to make a difference and I want to go someplace and I want to have a bigger life than the one that I have and I think the setup of A New Hope is fantastic in that yeah. it just it gets you into the story where you're like wait what's going on there's these plans that have been stolen and yeah you know there's you're right away asking questions yeah. and you want to know what's going to happen like what's yeah. going to happen to this droid what's going to happen to the princess like and you already have all that up when they introduce luke so then you are right away like okay how's he going to be involved and how's this going to take him out of this place where he's stuck yeah and i love that actually like you said the droids like we actually follow two droids that we care enough about yeah. in the desert for a rather long story time yeah. like but i think giving one giving them personalities really yeah. really kept it like you're in it and you almost they aren't just droids to you they're characters they're they have personalities you yeah you're in it with them and through all of the weird little happenstances that occur throughout that you're just hoping that they get to that point of ex you know of escape and with princess leia like having that chase scene already in motion you really get to that point that you're like just just do something like get through and i i love her moxie throughout it like yeah. she she isn't like waving her hands and running away like she's taking all the action and, and I think that also makes it, you really do get invested in those people. Yeah, and quickly. Very quickly. And, and why is she even putting herself through this in order yeah. to just get these plans safe and away? Which I will say after Rogue One, I think that they even make that sort of yeah. better. For sure. <laughs> Where you're like, you're thinking of all the people who yeah. come to make it happen. And you're like, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> just all the amazing characters that set it up yes and with episodes four through six if we kind of take it in the same way that we to the others it's really like it's the turn or the sacrifice of anakin skywalker i think you know yes it's kind of luke's hero's journey but the crux of it really does yeah it lands on lands on that decision at the yeah. end like what is going to happen is all that luke has done all that he's willing to sacrifice and yeah. he's willing to hold to his ideals and to hold on to really the point that he believes that his father still has some bit of him inside there like some bit yeah. of humanity more machine now than man 
but he thinks that some of that is still live and he's trying everything throughout it to basically rekindle that and that's such a like to have a character hold to hope against all odds like that (laughs) is really attractive you know like we want to see characters hold on to hopes like that and he he is so hopeful even in the face of so much evidence to the contrary yes (laughs) um and and we want to see that pay off like you get really invested in like yes I really want this hope to be right um I think that also shows how much growth you see in him because at the beginning he's kind of hopeless and stuck and like I want to go out and do something but uh, I can't you know like he's a little whiny like oh absolutely um young like (laughs) then you see him at the end and you see so much growth and maturity in this this now man who who really does have hope even against all the odds who is refuses to be stuck and really believes that he can get through to his dad um that his dad's not stuck either you know like that's really appealing. It absolutely is. And even in the face of his mentors, because even like ghost Obi-Wan is like, you're going to have to kill him and and Yoda. And, and he, he doesn't like he holds to, and, and I think that one of the things that is being shown throughout is that the Jedi with the whole like kill all connections or don't, don't allow them they were wrong like they were absolutely wrong because love love is what kind of keeps us human in some ways our compassion our ability to empathize that's part of love when it's open and when you know like i think that anakin kind of shows what can happen when love is hidden and and this kind of um possessive yeah and and they can get kind of deformed in this yes kind of rotten form of love and i and i think in a attempt to avoid that the jedi are like yeah no feeling just (laughs) numb yourselves but it doesn't work because we're human and we have so they're either going to creep in and cause you this downfall like anakin or you can be open to them and and really like almost hold to them with some conviction like you see luke like he believes that they're still good on his dad and that and he cares about his dad with that and with a, a kind of um, love and compassion that feels um, right and and not yes you know like that feels holy almost to like yes in someone in that kind of like right care. like yeah. that unconditional love I think yeah and and, yeah. and that's actually like a callback to they mentioned compassion that um, Anakin actually defines it as unconditional love and it's interesting because I think that's that's true it's not the love that he feels right but it is true that that compassion, that unconditional love, it has this strength and this power because it's not trying to seek just its own, you know. Yeah, it's exactly the opposite of or being controlling or the things that Anakin was. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. And, And I think even the being loved so completely even to the point of sacrifice. And that's really what Luke is going to do at the end of um, Return of the Jedi. He is there basically like he's either going to fail or he's going to succeed, whichever. He's there. Like he's gone pretty much all in that his dad's going to change and not change like from a necessarily like he's all of a sudden going to be someone different. Like, but it's that, enough 
to turn, enough yeah. to make a different choice. And I, I think often, at least from my experience, we don't allow enough for people to, to do a different thing, to go a different way. So like often we yeah. kind of sit in this seat of judgment and we're like, oh, this person is this and this and this and this. And to allow someone, the, give them the hope and the, you know, the opportunity to do yeah. something different, to make a different choice and to trust yeah. in them or hope in them so much that you can even convince them that it is possible, even yeah. if they've been going down a road for a very long time. I think there's something beautiful about that. It makes me think of those studies, do you know, like where they, um, I know there was a book I read a while ago that was talking about these studies they did that showed that people kind of rise or fall to the expectations you have of them. And so when people mm, expect I, something good yes. from someone, then they will get that <laughs> good response. Absolutely. If they expect something horrible from someone, they'll get that horrible response. And, and you really see yeah. that kind of beautifully illustrated in this where, Luke expects something good of his dad and and his dad rises to that. Yeah. Well, and if you take that back into the prequels, they actually in front of very young Anakin, yeah, say all of these things about him. Like it's just it's a very uncomfortable like yeah. there's many moments that I'm like I'm very uncomfortable right here because they almost don't treat him as if he is a human being um yeah and they do something have dangerous something that yep, yeah yeah and that you know any uh, there's lots of the like when you're experiencing anger or that it's shameful like there's yeah. there's this feeling of shame and i think that there's something very human about that too of when we hide and feel like something can't actually be brought into the light we're actually making it worse yeah and i like that even you know luke actually is the first one to see anakin if we want to call him anakin or you know darth <laughs> vader turned um his face after all that's you know gone yeah. and i think that there's something beautiful about that from a metaphor standpoint if he's able to see him like mm. actually be able to see him face to face see the yeah. human side of him, even though he is very scarred, he's left scars, and many of them will never heal. Um, I right. think suggesting that he is fully redeemed and all of that is is kind of <laughs> overstepping sure. the point of even the story. But yeah. I think being able to see someone in, with all their flaws and still to love them, and and I think that that's what's beautiful. It's a love story, but it's really that love story of kind of how believing in someone can actually help them to step off that path yeah. of hate and fear and you know anger and help them rethink it so if that's the four through six then we go into yeah episode seven through nine which there are many people who have many thoughts on these ones which I actually personally really enjoyed um, myself, even though they're very subversive. And I really they, enjoyed these ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I honestly haven't heard most many opinions about them. I watched them like way late after they came yep. out and I just was kind of like in a hole <laughs> when they first came out. So I feel like I don't really know what people say about them. Yeah. Um, Which is maybe good because I can go into them with like just no expectations. That's exactly. And that's, I think whatever we have to say about these, just like the prequels and, and yeah. the 
those are just personal opinion. But I would call this one, if, if I needed to boil it down, um, the redemption of Ben Solo, which who would be the legacy Skywalker character yeah. who's basically carried on the wounds and the fear of, yeah. you know, if we, if we saw what Anakin went through as being carried on into his family or even that taken on, however we want to look at it, if yeah. he, you know, whatever we want to say about how he becomes who he becomes, when we meet Kylo Ren, he is already basically trying to become Darth Vader. Yeah. To varying levels of success, I think. <laughs> um, but I, I think also when we we meet him, it's interesting because between him and Ray and Finn, all three of those characters are actually masked yeah. during those sequences that you meet them. Yeah, um, it's I don't a, know that. It's yeah. amazing visual work, and that's where J.J. Abrams, I think, shines. Yeah, um, that they all have masks. And you have Ray taking off hers. You have Finn removing his. But Kylo Ren remains masked until he interacts with Ray. Like, you do not see his face the entire time. And you get the feeling, and I think this is where I wish JJ had been a bit more clear about his storytelling, is Mm -hmm. you get the feeling that Kylo Ren is really this terrifying terrible person the village massacre he orders but he doesn't do and i think that there's a lot of uncertainty about exactly what he has done to this point and i wish we knew more about who he was because i think there are many people who feel like he is darth vader at that point and i think how i saw it and i didn't really think about it much before that is I think they're setting him up to be a Darth Vader wannabe, Uh where I don't think he is Darth Vader at that point. And even like the destruction of the planets, he is actually given, as he's watching it happen, you know, you have um, Hux um, who orders it and who does that fiery, very terrifying speech. He actually, Kylo Ren is given the witness kind of viewpoint where he's not out there being like yes this is what we want he actually usually in films when they show that it's someone who's looking on something as if it's a tragedy Mm. it's you don't see its face and so you don't know how he's reacting to that and I think there's certain places where I wish they would have been clearer with who he was I think it's clear that he's a very broken angry person and I think it's clear that there are things that were outside his control that got him there but I think Mm. they could have done better on the redemption side of that story Mm. I I feel in building it more slowly and setting it up better so that you can see it a little cleaner because that is actually one of the things if if you go out to Star Wars stuff many people thought kylo ren was going to be the next vader many people thought that he was going to basically have this huge duel at the end with with ray and she was gonna Uh kill him which i'm like i'm I'm not sure like (laughs) what is the point then to little kids right Um, as as i went into it i'm like 
oh, I think he's going to be redeemed because that's probably... That like, was what I was assuming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a Skywalker. Like, he is Leia and Han's son. Yeah. Don't, don't you... Well, and those themes of redemption are so... Um, they're so strong throughout the whole series and the whole story. You Absolutely. Know? Like, they're not always... Like, Anakin... It doesn't happen right away, but it does happen eventually. You know, like there's yeah. even little little bits of redemption of people choosing to see each other different and those sorts of things. They're such big themes, I think. So Absolutely. I, I went in expecting that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm almost like, I'm a little confused by why, yeah. <laughs> why there's confusion. But, but I, I think even just recognizing that maybe that's one of the reasons why is maybe mm. the setup of that was a little on the confusing side. I would say the seven through nine is really about how compassionate love can help people choose to protect others and to, to sacrifice for others over themselves and, and really yeah. to, to practice com- compassion and empathy in a very active a way. Path. I mean, and that's the same thing we were just talking about with Anakin, right? Like Luke Absolutely. has to show him that kind of selfless, compassionate love and believe in him. And I think you see that mirrored in these other stories too. Like you see where Luke failed to do that with Kylo Ren and, absolutely, you know, in a moment of weakness, tried to hurt his own nephew and didn't believe in him, which then set him off on a whole other path. And, and you see where, where Ray really did believe in him and did choose to see good in him, even, even against all odds, like Luke had with Anakin, you know, like you see kind of that same yes. theme repeated, I think, in, in a really different, but still powerful and beautiful way, but. I think actually the couples, because there's there's a couple in each of these trilogies. You yeah. have Anakin and Padme, which very superficial. They don't actually like work through any of their issues. <laughs> you have Leia and Han, who actually have very different power differentials at different times in their relationship. Sure. And Han being Han, like he has an inability to express his emotion. Yeah. The point that they're the I love you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and the only time he can say I love you is when Leia has a gun and can defend them. And it's which actually I love a good callback. So the yeah. reversal of the I love you, I know in uh, Return of the Jedi like makes me happy. Yeah. But you get the feeling that they both have so many other things that take them away. Yeah. And potentially they are I think from a legacy issue, sometimes we revisit the same things that were practiced on us down to the next generation. And I think that there were some things where there was issues of not feeling, you know, not feeling present and not feeling loved um, and, and not having someone to connect with, which I I think that Kylo Ren is a highly sensitive person. Like I just oh, yeah, feel it. Sure. Like <laughs> in my bones. I'm like Absolutely. <laughs> what I think is beautiful about that story then is you have the moment of Ray and Kylo Ren in the interrogation sequence, which it's not romantic, I don't feel, but they no. they have two interrogation fi- moments in that movie for a reason. It's yeah. to show the difference. Like sure. there is a lot of difference going on there and where all of a sudden they both can see into each other's minds and see each other's fears. And after that, lots of different things change. 
And there's yeah. actually a moment where right after that, Snoke calls out Kylo Ren and is like, you have compassion for her. And he actually uses that word, which mm-hmm. I don't think is at all an accident that they keep yeah. mentioning compassion throughout all the stories. And, you know, he's like, no, I don't. I, he <laughs> does a normal thing. But I think that at the beginning of that, you actually have the first person in a very long time who can see him as a human being yeah. rather than, again, he takes his mask off during that sequence. And you yeah. get the impression that being seen and, and being able to be present also plays a huge role in those things. Because yeah. really, when you look at the two characters, they're actually set up very similar that although he was brought up as a kind of probably very wealthy person and with lots of prominence he had a very lonely isolated and rejected childhood and so did she she had to survive in a very different way but you can see how those two people who are kind of starved for love could relate to one another and understand each other and yeah for sure no i think that's just great though like i love when when you can see why characters connect And I think you could see that with this, despite them being so different, you could still see and understand like, oh, I get why they, why they could see each other when everyone else couldn't and why they could connect. And I think they're also able to like, during TLJ, and I think Ryan Johnson, who directed that one and wrote it, did such a great job with it, is show going from, I hate you, where she's spitting angry at him to where they end up to touching hands, to like holding out and being that support for one another, even though it all falls to crap, which of course it has to because it's the second film (laughs) Um, in a trilogy. Um, I like how he showed that as a natural progression that actually was believable and where like he is always honest in those moments. Like he is honest, like to the point of like, it almost is really honest. Like, he shows up very real in those moments. And I think having all of those to me, I really liked how, even though they're still on at the end of it, they're still on that two separate sides. Like you look at them and you're like, you're not going to kill each other in a duel. Like that's not going to happen. You're probably going to start making out. Like um, it is kind of, it's nice to be able to see that, we can change and that that change is shown even though they're both very broken people they slowly start to like open themselves up yeah in those ways that progression of the relationship and of both of the characters for sure well and they also both could go like they both could go down dark paths and i i don't mean the force like dark and light i mean like sith paths type of thing where they decide just to like destroy everything Um, and in fact one continues down for a very long time but i think having that they both can appreciate that struggle which i think goes back to this idea of like that openness like they're both open with each other about that struggle to some extent yes and you can see that they're both actually struggling whereas in the earlier stories you have the jedis being so like Nope, we're just good, you know. Like, yes, yes. It's like they're, they're so evil. in denial of any yep. dark Absolutely. side that they have within themselves, or any ability to choose the dark side that they have within themselves. That it's almost like it's like they're blind to it and can't see when it's right under their nose. And I love Absolutely. that you see the ways that the Jedi, as like this culture has now 
obviously gone away to some extent, but that these two remaining characters who still carry on this tradition of the Jedi have, are so different and have approached this, you know, the Force in such a different way and, and are so much more open with their own choices and that how they can just as easily make a different one. Which is fascinating to watch as, yeah. a, as a reader or a consumer, like to see a character that could so easily go either way that you don't know what they're going to choose. That builds tension, I think, and, and creates a really interesting story to watch. Absolutely. And I think that actually, like how much Adam Driver as an actor sells mm-hmm. Ben Solo's turn, because I, I think that he does a great job of keeping you on the edge of your seat. And I, I think that there's certain things that I don't love. And we'll probably talk in the other episode about some of those um, in the last one, but there's something very beautiful about that final moment where they have to make choices. Literally they are in a duel together and someone is, is going to need to do something. I think the the solution, the solution to that was, beautiful and my my sister i can't take the credit for this she noticed that as you know ray has stabbed him in the gut with his own lifesaver you know lightsaber and you know you get the feeling that he is imminently going like life is draining out of him what happens when she heals him is that it not only heals that wound but it actually heals the entire scar that she gave him in The Force Awakens during their... How did I not um, notice that? You know? Yep. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so huh. Lisa, props to you. Yeah. Um, notice that. And I think there's something very beautiful about that too, because like from yeah. a wounding standpoint, I think there's something beautiful about healing those wounds. So it's not just... Yeah that she like healed the one that she just gave him, but she heals the other one as well. And I think that sequence between Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, wherever he's at on that spectrum and his dad is one of those. It really brings a lot of emotion to bear on first the struggle that he had before. It's a great reversal of what happens at the end of the force awakens. Yeah. But it also like his dad actually responds differently. And if, yeah. we, if I, we interpret this as in his head, like yeah. he's almost like rewriting a different ending. Yeah. Almost. And kind of, of what he needed from his dad that he didn't get. Yeah. Absolutely. And then like he's able to change like or choose differently yeah. Yeah. from that point on. And I think there's something really like from a human standpoint of being able to go back and absolutely rethink those things that we've been, you know, those moments that we wish that we could change, that there's never anything that we can go and do to that moment. We can't change it. It is what it is, but he's sure. able to do but what we can he shift needs. those stories. And I, I exactly. think that's some of the power of storytelling that we can retell ourselves, the, you know, like we tend to play those stories yeah. over and over again in our heads. And, and it's really not until we can find some way of retelling them in a way that's new or different, or that leads to a different ending that I think we can move past them, you know? Absolutely. Well, and as we get to the end of the rise of Skywalker, I think one of the most beautiful moments you know, if we call back to in The Force Awakens, he's talking to Darth Vader's helmet that's been destroyed, yeah. and he's saying, I will finish what you've started. What Anakin wanted to do more than anything was to save someone he loved. 
And he went the wrong way about it. He mm -hmm. was willing to basically sell everything he believed in in order to do that. Yeah. I think there's something really beautiful about having his grandson come back around and being able to sacrifice for someone else, someone that he loves, and being able to do the opposite of kind of yeah. with the best of himself, with the compassion and empathy, the unconditional love, the sacrificial love, he's able to save that person uh, quite literally. <laughs> and I, whatever anyone thinks about the end, I do think that there's something very poetic about the mirroring of those things and about Absolutely. showing that kind of compassionate love conquering all like in some ways where yeah. I think that love is what gets us through life like what keep, you know helps yeah. life be worth living and I, I think a story that focuses really at its crux even with all of the you know flying spaceships and all of sure. that <laughs> lots of other stuff going on yeah but at its there's this yeah right, this of, love this compassion this, this seeing the other um, this hopefulness yeah um which I I do think is what the intention always was when there's so many things that are talking about hope and compassion and yeah. about, you know the even the ends of the originals I think that there's something very resonating about that for sure yay <laughs> we have to stop there for yes. this <laughs> but we are going to keep talking about star wars <laughs> next week so tune in and um we'll dig in a little bit more or from a little different angle uh, we hope you enjoyed this conversation and if you did that we hope you'll leave a review and let other people know and yeah thanks for joining us we hope you keep reading keep writing and keep putting your work out there mm -hmm.